Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. Yeah, here I am. Thank you, producer Noah in Arizona. <laughs> hey guys, how are you today, Noah? By the way, I'm good. I've gotten some messages that uh, this that that people are singing this song all day long. I love that. I heard that as well. Um, I've got, we've uh, received some listener emails that I was going through last night and I really uh, appreciated people writing in and saying how much they enjoyed the episodes. And yeah, I mean, like it's, it's a lot of emails to go through. And so I don't know if I will go through them all, but we all have the, the password and 
and accounts so we can all read them. And some people send in ideas for us. Love, love, love. And no criticism that I saw, you know, which uh, so far I've avoided any criticism about the show, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, I wanted to also say... Just not only thank you, as we're rounding out the week here, it's Thursday. I, uh, between you and me, I have had a great first week. I'm almost sad that I don't get to do this show tomorrow and the next day and the next day, which is a great sign for a new job, you know, that you you don't want the weekend to come, uh, I, you know, for a first day, first week on the job. People have seemed to just accepted the podcast into their hearts already. And they're just the enthusiasm is just... I feel it too, you guys. So thank you so much. And to those of you who are apathetic and are just like, it's just a fucking podcast. Thank you as well. Because it is just a fucking podcast, you know? But it's it's really fun for me and and I'm enjoying all of it. And and I want to say thank you to iHeart uh, Radio and Big Money Players, who is the podcast network we are on that is headed by Will Ferrell, which allowed me, uh, uh, afforded me the chance to have a, a, a kind of interaction with him through a press release. Right, Noah? Like, I, I wrote a quote that being a part of Will Ferrell's company um, and being asked to be a part of Big Money Players was like uh, finally getting a seat at the cool table in middle school in the cafeteria, except this time I didn't have to uh, smoke cigarettes or, uh, you know, buy uh, $500 worth of clothing from Delia's or something like that, which was just a... a and and uh, Andrew saw that and goes, I don't know what Delia's is. And I go, you don't have to know what it is. I go, but the fact that you don't know what it is, when you read that, don't you just realize like, oh, that's that's a reference that some people get and I don't get. You don't think I'm stupid for right... when Because I sometimes question that when I make a, a reference that I know only 30% of the population will get, I expect the other... Uh, 70% of the population to just assume that's a joke they don't understand because it's a reference. Not that I am making that I don't make sense. You know what I mean? No, do you know what I mean? Because sometimes Andrew goes, I don't know what that is. And I go, but don't you just assume you're out like you should know and maybe you could Google it and it would be funny to you that this is a joke yeah. you're not in on yet as opposed to she just said a word that isn't a word because I only know the world from my perspective and don't consider that other people could know things I don't know. Yeah, that happens to me all the time because I'm really bad with uh, pop you know, culture. Like deep references and pop culture. Yeah. And, so and, it's up to me to yes. go look it up. So Delia's, he goes, is that Chris Delia? I'm like, why would I in middle school be accepted to a table if I smoke cigarettes and ask my mom to buy me $500 worth of clothes from Chris Delia? Why would that make sense? Why yeah. would, you know, like that's not where you go with that joke. <laughs> anyway, so that's the statement I made. And then Will Farrell. Um, had to also make a quote for our press release because I'm mm -hmm. part of his network. And he, it, it, it referenced that line. Do you have, Noah, could you read yeah, it to me? I have it. I read it once and I couldn't read it again because I, there are times when I meet celebrities or have an interaction with a celebrity, I don't want to like, I don't want to like see it again. I just want to like know that it happened and like, because if I analyze it, I'll poke holes in it. And I just want to live in an experience of the fact that <laughs> I know that Will Ferrell was baking a joke off of the joke I made and it felt like I was doing comedy with him. So please read it. Okay. We are thrilled to have the wildly talented Nikki Glazer join us at the Big Money Players Network. But in order to do so, she will have to smoke cigarettes and purchase her wardrobe from Delia's <laughs> spring collection. <laughs> oh my God. I Amazing. love it so much. First of all, I totally did not read Wildly Talented when I read that so fast because I just read it so fast because I was like, 
Because I know what you know this about me as someone who has made you have made me you made me a birthday video the first year that we are friends. You got oh people. So this is and I almost brought this up last week in the worst gift, but I didn't want to make you sad because it's not a worst gift. It's just an ex, it's just an interesting example of something that I one would yes. think I would like and I don't like because people do this for me all the time. You're not the only one. And it is the greatest gift you can give someone. I think one of the best birthday gifts that doesn't cost any money, if you have any, you can learn editing skills to make this happen, is to reach out to all of their friends and have them say a birthday message and then put it together in a video. I think that's such a great idea. And I, I just love it. I, I love it even for myself. But when it is extended, Except- when is it when it is extended to <laughs> celebrities who I don't have a personal relationship oh. with, and they are just asked that, like you know, they're asked politely, like, could you make a birthday shout out for Nikki Glazer? And they maybe have a vague understanding of who I am, or maybe they maybe they do know who I am, and you don't have to explain it. But the fact that they had to be inconvenienced in any way to acknowledge my existence. <laughs> when they didn't want to do it on their own volition. And I know so many celebrities are nice and just do things out of like, they're, they're just like bad at saying no. And I'm just projecting because I'm, I used to be bad at saying no to things I don't want to do. Now I'm very good at it. Short story. That's a tangent. And I'll get back to this. Last night, the wardrobe woman um, that I work with on set, she's more of, she's like this just lovely, motherly, ethereal, perfect human being that I I'm so grateful to like be able to have around me while I'm here because you can work with some real turds when you just get put randomly with people. She's so great. And she, I don't have a laundry. I don't have laundry at the hotel. I don't have a washing machine in this place. And so she offers to do my laundry, which is not part of her job. This is my like normal clothes. And she will wash this, tenderly folds my underwear. Like, you know, like I would send out for laundry in New York. And last night she goes, I was leaving set and she goes, will you put your laundry outside your door? I want to do it for you. And I go, please don't like it's it was this was 12 o'clock at night i'm like this is unnecessary julie she's like i like doing laundry and i was like okay i believe you and then she came to get my laundry as i'm putting it out and i go i'm sorry it's so much this is like too much do you want help carrying it back she goes i don't ask to do things that i don't want to do and i go thank you for saying that because she's like you have to stop being like i'm sorry and you don't have to do this if i didn't want to do it i wouldn't do it and i was like julie I'm that same way as well. And I'm so glad that there's someone else out there who has the same kind of boundaries. Well, where if I, even if you love me, you can tell me, no, you don't, I'm not going to love you less if you tell me no. And she understands that. Like she looks out for herself before she looks out for people who she wants to like her essentially. So for me, I think of celebrities as being inconvenienced and then, that they don't want to do. I mean, I even have problems asking celebrities to be on these shows where they get press, let alone a birthday video. So when someone has to, so when you gave me a video for my birthday, you had Seth Rogen and Glenn Howerton and Ricky Gervais and Ricky Gervais. Ricky, I didn't mind as much because Ricky, why didn't I mind him as much? Because I know Ricky and I feel like Ricky enjoyed that in a way. Like, I feel like Ricky had fun with it. Whereas the others, I was like, and Ricky's just like so, I don't know why Ricky didn't bother me as much. But the other ones, I was like, oh no, Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen's pretty like, oh, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe and Glenn, Glenn Howerton, Howerton loves you. I know he, there was just something that was like, oh no, they think that I like asked for this or like hinted at wanting this or this was somehow. And then, and then, and then my when I set did it, it up, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Except that when I set it up, I said, this is, to the, this is going to be a surprise. She doesn't know that I'm doing this. 
and I, I'm like almost a little nervous. You to, assured to me t- tell you that you told that yeah. you told that to those people, and then you, and then my assistant this year, uh, my uh, pa- my past assistant who we just separate ways because I don't need an assistant right now. She's great, Grace Ann. She gave me a birthday video this year and did the same thing. And I think he, I mean, I I blacked out when I watched it because I, I think I cried because <laughs> I was so upset about the people she got to do it. I was like so like. And 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 seeing all my friends and family, like my sister learned to TikTok dance for it. I loved that. Like those are my family. Like Aww. yeah, I put them in a video. My friends, but like celebrities. Even though it was so awesome that she did it and organized this, and anyone else would love it. It for me, it was my worst nightmare. And it, but I got over it because my mom goes, Nikki, the fact that you're crying right now is so ridiculous. I was like, but I didn't. I didn't want these, these people probably were like, who is she then? They're like, Google me. And they don't even like me. And, she, and I, Conan did one. And my mom goes, Conan wouldn't do this if he didn't want to. And I was like, I don't believe that about Conan. Like, I think Conan might do things out of obligation. I don't trust people not to just do like Paris Hilton even admitted recently. She says yes to things when she doesn't really want to do them. So I told her now that I know you do that, I can't ask you to do things. Cause I'll always think that you're just doing it because you feel obligated. Um, I will say though, that in speaking of gifts that I don't like, I did say on our first episode <laughs> that I hate flowers. I hate receiving flowers. Like I think it's a waste of people's money. It's good to support the flower industry. And I'm glad that those people are making so much money. And like the, the mark, the markup on flowers is ridiculous. But later that day, I received a call from the front desk of the hotel that, um, the, the executives at big money players had come together to send me flowers. And I got a beautiful arrangement of birds of paradise because I'm in the Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands. They also sent uh, Andrew a bushel, which he was so excited about, like a masculine flower arrangement wow. that he has never received flowers. So that was great to have. I felt so bad because I go, how ironic that the day they did, they hadn't heard the first episode when they sent that either. It wasn't like, ha ha. No. First of all, I... I loved this arrangement because the card was sweet and the flowers are like bird of paradise. They're not like, they're not dying yet. But... I do, I do want to say that I appreciate this so much and I don't need an edible. They don't have edible arrangements on this island probably. So you couldn't have done better than this. Uh, but in the future, a Starbucks gift card will suffice for the amount that you would spend on some flowers. But uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. It was, it was so nice to receive. The card was so heartfelt. That's what I love about flowers is that card moment where you go, who is this from? And the anticipation. And like, and so I, thank you so much for the flowers. Um, they obviously didn't go through my agents because my agents have have noticed that if anyone wants to send me flowers, that they say she would much prefer a gift card to these places in the amount of that money. Because I just... I know that companies have money to spend to send gifts like this. Like it's part of their budget. Why not spend it on something that I'm going to use? But the, the birds of paradise are killing it in this tropical land. And it actually really livens up this place. And And you know I don't lie. So I am telling the truth. I love this Birds of Paradise that I received. And Andrew was really touched by his bouquet as well. So thank you so much to Big Money Players. Thank you to Will Farrell for acknowledging my existence. And um, let's just bring let's bring the the, the big boy in. Why I don't know why I'm calling him a big boy. He went to the gym already today. I already did a podcast. You guys have to check out when I'm on KFC radio. I just 
did a podcast with them, which they are so fun. If you don't already listen, it's Kevin Clancy and John Feidelberg. And they are hilarious and honest. Just like if you like my vibe, you'll love them. It's more of a bro-y vibe because it's like barstool sports, but they're not douches. They're really like emotional. Like John Feidelberg is like the biggest Swifty and that's why I love him. But I I uh, confronted uh, the host, Kevin, because we were talking about relationships, why I don't have one, why I'm not in one, why I'm not having sex. And I go, you know, it's not just me. I'm not picky. I like put myself out there and I get rejected rejected or I just a guy drops off or I feel a spark and then it's just not there. It's not like everyone like looks at me like, Oh my God, anyone would die to be with you. And I'm like, well, I put it out there and I get rejected. So I'm not crazy, but maybe I am. So I go, okay, Kevin, I actually had a crush on you. What happened there? I followed up. I texted you. We were, and I go, what happened there? So <laughs> tune into that. I don't know when it's going to come out, but probably pretty soon. KFC radio subscribe now. So you don't miss my episode when it comes out. Um, Cause I just confronted it. Cause I was like, this is actually interesting. And I do want an answer. And it's much easier for me to confront difficult things when they're on air. Uh, than when, when I'm uh, it's, it's, it's my uh, fear of emotional intimacy, but Noah, you're going to have to hear it. You'll love it. No, I can't wait because I was there for when you had the crush on him. <laughs> yeah. So I need the continuation to this story. Yeah, because I, I had him into the radio show when we were on Sirius initially because, oh, he reached out to me, I think. And then I did his podcast and I was just like, this guy is like the, throughout his show. I was just like, oh, he's kind of cute. And like we had a good like meeting. But I was like, oh, he is really cute. My God, he's really smart. He's like as he likes the same kind of sex stuff that I do. Like I was like. Well, this is a no-brainer. And then it quickly was like... I, and so my question was, am I a bad at flirting? Like, what's going on? I, I, I was so great to get an opportunity to hear from someone who had kind of, I felt, rejected me and what he sensed on his end. So it was... I had to follow up, though. So stick through the whole episode because we get back to it at the end. I go, I don't feel like I got an answer. It was pretty good. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to ruin it uh, and, and tell you what happened, but uh, go listen to that and you'll find out. And let's get Andrew in here and... Uh, talk about how he slept and, and and get some headlines. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. 
To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Andrew Collin, my roommate and best friend. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good. I love coming in here like I do because I feel like a relief pitcher in baseball when they're like, bring them in. And I come in like, but they know what's going on with the game. I have no you want to oh, keep me in the dark? See, I don't. I didn't know what you were meaning by that reference. I was just like, I started tuning out. <laughs> Why? Because re- of baseball? Relief pitcher. I just like, that's like too, um, that's too much jargon for me that I don't understand. I know it's not jargon. It's like a very easily understandable thing, but okay. So you, you mean okay, the game so. is going on and you like, you're coming late to the party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like, at least the pitcher knows what the score is. I come in. I don't know <laughs> what the hell you just talked about. You oh, might've just said I had a small penis for 10 minutes. So you were listening <laughs> again, and it was twelve minutes. Uh, a minute, uh, or four a minute minutes for every, for every quarter inch. inch. Uh, yeah, it's math. Blah, blah, blah. 
Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I slept. I slept good. Uh, I, we got the vaccine. The first episode. Or the first... The first episode of the vaccine. The first... Va- I don't know. You understand what he means. Go on. Yes. So we got the vaccine yesterday. And I, you know, you could say it's in my mind, whatever. My shoulder was hurt. Oh, the baby. It hit my shoulder. So you slept. Your shoulder was a little achy, bakey. Thanks for the empathy. Like literally, it's like the ache of a bruise. Like that's what you're feeling. And you're like, you couldn't sleep because of a bruise. Like what do you do when you get a bruise? I'm just saying I sleep on my side. So you can still, when you're sleeping, sometimes things creep up a little bit stronger because. You're a sensitive boy. Boys are so sensitive, Noah. I think women, I'm sorry, men out there who are like, no, I can take pain. And I believe a lot of you can because you were you know put through pain probably as a child that steeled you and and made you stronger now but women in general can tolerate pain so much more than men and maybe that's just me being a woman and wanting that to be the case but it just feels that way Noah do you agree yeah like when boys are sick with the same thing that you're sick with it's always so much more of a dramatic production at least with the men in my life that's right I think it's because we have to start with like waxing and stuff early in life so pain is, mm, is waxing nothing. is one of the pain most painful things that is like so dumb that we do that we do for ourselves and also being hungover I think is another pain we inflict on ourselves unnecessarily and but no I think women it's childbirth I think we're just like to we can we're born ready to have that kind of excruciating I don't know. I've taken some pretty big shits with hemorrhoids. No, and I know you've had fissures too, <laughs> anal fissures that were like the most, those are supposedly the most, suppositorily the most painful it was things ever. An anal fissure, if shout out to all. How um, did you experience that if you can't handle a little bruisey bruise on your I arm? I wasn't, uh, my bruisey bruise, I'm just but saying like, I you asked, asked how, how you I sleep slept. And you were like, I had a bruise on my arm. Like that just would not be of note to anyone else. Like I just don't understand. I, you asked me how I slept last night. I was answering honestly. I had I woke up a couple times because I rolled over on my left side oh, and, and it, it hurt a little bit. <laughs> I just don't understand how you're going to age because all aging equals your body hurting and aching all the time. Like yes, you're just my gonna body wake up is always aching. <laughs> I can't lift. I can't do curls because a muscle underneath a muscle is hurting. I don't know. It, I, I'm falling apart, Nikki. I didn't want to make you feel, go into a spiral here. I'm just like. Anal fissures, though, you've been through. Anal fissures are the are worse than um, I can't even explain the feeling. It feels like I like fourteen thousand wasps are stinging my asshole at the same time. Jesus. They like made a plan. They're yeah. like, hey, let's meet at Andrew's asshole around seven a.m. to have a sting fest, mm-hmm. and and you cry. I cried. I would I would shit, sting and then I would fest. look in the mirror, and essentially I would have to bite down on a. Why would you look in the mirror? I don't know. I think like... Why did you add that to it? (laughs) I was was with you with the pain of like... You were like... Because I picture you on the toilet. The wasps are meeting for the sting off. And uh, they have to... uh, By the way, if that thousands of wasps met at 7 a.m., they'd have to take turns. They can't all like sting at the same time. Uh, I feel like they'd be in line. Yeah, they were... Well, it was five at a time. They'd be in a queue outside of your asshole. Okay. Five at a time. Five at a time. One for each. Yeah. What's the worst pain you've ever felt consistently? No, but I, I'm getting back. Oh, Don't skip ahead. over the mirror thing. Why are you looking in the mirror and biting a Because I'm hot while I'm in pain. Do you th- do, were you looking in the mirror like, 
like kind of watching yourself cry? Is that is that what I'm? Ca- well, I was just like, I don't know. Sometimes you look in, you look in the mirror for a lot of reasons. I think back in the day, back in the day when I when I was uh, playing football, you look in the mirror to get pumped up. You go, come on, don't be a fucking pussy. You got this. Be a fucking man. Be the best you can be. Oh, don't so let your to dad coach down. yourself through the pain. Yeah. So I would look in the mirror. I go, don't be a pussy. Your asshole feels like it's getting stung yeah. by wasp. Yeah, I hear that. Okay. <laughs> I because I, I'm trying to when I think of the worst pain. I've ever felt I I mean migraines well, without a doubt okay um, yeah uh, a migraine in the in the in the worst of a migraine is like where you truly consider I mean I've done r- awful damage to myself trying to just cause another pain that isn't that like I I create a new pain so yeah. that the, that pain um, not as much focus can be on that pain because what pain is, is you, what you're focusing on really like, is like what you're feeling. So if you confuse your body, you can actually f- not feel that pain as hard and feel it somewhere else and, and disperse it that. So it's not right on this point, right behind your eye. Now it's over on this side of your head too. So it radiates and, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's the worst pain. It's like, I just crying and puking because you're in so much pain and like, just honestly wanting to die and thinking that if this doesn't go away, I'll have to kill myself because this is, I can't live like this. When did you first start getting migraines? When I got an IUD and I didn't even make the connection. I just kept the IUD in and then I eventually got it removed because I just you wanted to. I, I did. I did. <laughs> and um, they you, yanked you it underdosed? out. And then they stopped. Oh, but no, but now you're getting them again. No, now I get... I get what I feel is like the, the amount that I used to get before is nothing like I've have one and once in a while because they're hormonal. They're re- related to whatever hormone was pumping through my bloodstream when I had the, that IUD progesterone possibly. So when I uh, around my period, I will get a headache that will be close, but not as severe as and then I'll get one from all your yelling. I don't yell. I just kind of get really <laughs> quiet and want to just no, be just like fucking... cry, weep quietly in a dark room. Is that a John Mayer song? <laughs> She's, we're just weeping quietly in a dark room. <laughs> what? Um, you were the one that had a headache. I was the one that didn't want to bother you. There's nothing that I could do. We tried to put your feet in the sink and put a bag of peas on your head. We tried all these different remedies. I even told you if I fucked you, maybe it'd go away. I heard that orgasms will sometimes make migraines go away. And so I convinced you to fuck me on your migraine. You're going down. And I forgot that you going down on me doesn't cause an orgasm, so my whole plan is kind of blown apart right now. now. You're going down. down. Okay, so let's um get to. That was a beautiful song. Thank you. Let's get to the the news or or whatever you deem is oh, the news today. We got good stories coming up, folks. I can't you heard wait. It here first. Heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. my favorite part. Uh, I know it is. You love your own voice. <laughs> no, it's the... You do. You, yeah. listen to yourself, you listen to your podcast. Last night, though, I did listen to us on Puddles, and I was having a ball watching our Puddles that we literally... I lived two nights ago. I don't know why I needed to watch our conversation again, but it was captivating, and I looked so pretty. You like, did. I really killed my makeup, and I was proud of myself. Sometimes you just look at yourself and you go, 
you look great. And I just needed to, I was watching myself and like having love for myself. I was like, you're so pretty and you're so nice and sincere. Like I saw myself, like I loved myself and it was like such a nice, I just let that moment sink in instead of watching it being like, oh, why'd you do that? The whole time I was like, that's so sweet. That's a cute thing you said. Oh, you tried to make a joke there. It didn't really land. Like it was just, I You're also sitting next to me in that Tommy Bahama. So you're going to look I great. I literally realized <laughs> at 40 minutes through, I had not even looked at you once. I was just <laughs> We don't look at each other that much when we talk. We don't look at each other? No. No, no, no. I didn't Ready? look at you when Let's I was watching. Let's go. Eye to eye. Ready? No, when I was watching it. I mean, I don't know feel? what to tell you. How's it feel to look deep in them? I'm not looking that deep. In my I'm, baby greens. I'm blurring my face right now because I don't want to actually make. Why? I'm look at me. Face. No, stop Take it. me in. Oh, just take God. me in. What? Why does, are you feeling that's too weird sexual. about it? Take me in. Is just a, take shut me up. in. Eye contact, prolonged eye contact for me is romantic <laughs> and I don't want to do that with you. Why? Because but don't make it not, romantic though. But it's it to me, prolonged eye contact is romantic. That's what it means. So I don't do it with people that I don't have that vibe with. It feels weird. It feels like incest. Okay. Well, you ready for the first story? Yeah. All right. I hope you're having a great time out there, guys. Uh, oh God, he always wishes you a great time before he begins. <laughs> that's his little. That's your. Um, it's my way to get them on my side yeah. if we get in an argument. Yep. Uh-huh. All right, I hope you're having a great time. All right. Handwriting your notes <laughs> had more advantages than inputting them digitally. You're, I picked this story because I know you've been writing way more with handwriting these days. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I write notes down with – but I – I don't go back and look at those as much as the notes in my phone because the notes in my phone are always in my phone next to me and notebooks I have a hard time keeping track of. Sometimes I'll write like really emotional journal entries that are just like stream consciousness, like stuff that if you read, I would be devastated if you read. And then I'll hand you that notebook to be like, hey, Andrew, will you write this list that I'm thinking of? So like I'm too willy nilly with notebooks and I, I can't trust myself, but I love a notebook and writing with a Sharpie. Would you rather a guy find a pussy picture of you that's like pussy picture <laughs> then my ramblings in a notebook that i'm t- talking I'm about talking, my feelings though, like an up close fucking like and your face is in it great yes i mean like that's fine i i, I like my vagina what, I, it looks what, great don't tell me what you wrote in your journal but what makes like, you like what like let's yeah. give like a generalization of like like it'll be like i hate my like I woke up today and I felt fat and I don't know why that is because I'm not any different than I am yes there's no chance that yesterday I'm that different than I am that yesterday I didn't feel fat yet today I feel fat there's no way I gained enough weight from one day based on what I ate to make me feel fat so I know that this isn't what I am so what else is going on and then I'll be like I'm really scared about this thing later tonight. Uh, you know, like I just talk about my feelings. Like I just try, I can't even do access it because stuff comes out when you write it stream of consciousness, when you're writing really messy and fast, that it's just like embarrassing, but it's so on point. Like I read some old journals of mine recently from like years ago where I would just write, you know, I, I journal sporadically. So like a month I'll do like three times, three days in a row and then I'll skip a year and then go back, you know? Um, so I read some stuff from four years ago and it was spot on about all the changes I've implemented in my life. I was begging for help back then with them. And it's just nice to see that the things I'm addressing now were actually problems back then that I didn't even know I had, but were just coming out in journal entries, but I wasn't aware, like, but it was all there. It's like, I need to start eating, skipping meals, like skipping meals is ruining my life. I was like saying it and begging for help, but then 
it took me four years to, to learn, well, maybe don't skip meals then. <laughs> like, What's up, Noah? Well, based off that study, which was done in Tokyo, you were probably like um, handwriting stuff increases your brain activity. So maybe you were able yeah. to figure that stuff out because you were writing it down as Absolutely. opposed to doing it digitally. I always wanted to convince myself that handwriting wasn't better than typing. Like you can type journals, which it's still good, but there's something about handwriting that actually does something different than um, typing. Well, it says me. it triggers your robust brain activity and in writing by hands associated with stronger neural encoding and memory retrieval. Cool. Yeah, I got to I got to Which are all more. big words. Um Yeah, robust. I words. I never write in journals and I think I should or yeah. write down at all. Sometimes I forget. I remember I went to write down. I forgot how to right. write. Mm-hmm. which is wild. But I used to write in journals in high, in middle school. I had to. And I remember my parents went through the divorce and like my journal entries used to be like perfectly legible and like thought out. Yeah. And, like, and then my parents started fighting and you would just see, it would like, I would maybe, sometimes I would just, I'd have to fill out two pages. So I would write the Big. same sentence over and oh, over again. Just be like, fuck too. the system. Yeah. And it'd be like crooked and like the handwriting became- oh my God. God. Like it looked like an anarchist yeah, like was you, writing. But, but looking upon that later, I mean, you had no perspective on that when you were doing it. But then in <laughs> retrospect, you're like, wow, this said so much about my mental state. And you were writing the same sentence over and over, but you still found out things about yourself. That's Dude, I would write like nice journal. And then like th- three months into my parents' divorce, it was just like, Jonathan, I don't want to say his name, whatever, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fat motherfucker on the bus. Yeah. Fuck him. He always All takes of a sudden, my the anger like, went. <laughs> you just got angry overnight. Want, yeah. And it was, it's all due to, yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't be here if, you know, that journal. Probably ain't. be somewhere better. Yeah. I'd probably, uh, like, people run always go, up. yeah, my dysfunction led me to where I am. Yeah. It's like, where, what could you have done, though? <laughs> Like you haven't even considered that, but there's no free will. So the, whatever the way you are, you had no choice and, uh, you have no choice where you go next. Yeah, Listen probably, to Sam Harris's new podcast on making sense called my last thoughts on three free will. And you will understand why we have no free will. And if I'm blowing your mind right now, you're like, what do you mean? No free will. Yeah. You don't have a choice about anything you do or anything you think. And I know you're like, there's no way Nikki that's blowing my mind. I used to think that too. Go listen to making sense podcast, my thoughts on free will. And by the way, Sam Harris's podcast, which, which I love and I recommend all the time game changer, uh, segment, uh, you can get it for free if you just write into it, it. He has a paywall, but you can get it for free if you just can't afford it. And you just write to the Sam Harris info at, Sa- at samharris.org and just say, I can't afford the podcast. They'll give you a code and you get to have the whole podcast. And um, But you can get the first 40 minutes for free regardless. Anyway, that I really recommend anyone listen to my th- my final thoughts on three free will the making sense podcast it was two episodes ago so go on andrew what's the i mean the that next... was a great plug for i couldn't him. help i couldn't help it I do <laughs> you find him, him hot that's why what you find him a little sexy oh yeah sam harris is so sexy <laughs> i'm not gonna deny that but that's why not why just... i like him i like I, he's sexy because i i just admire him so much and i don't no, listen I to like many podcasts and I like I, that one really has changed my life and my perspective um next and he story. talks about stuff like journaling okay um, Nikki wants to blow Sam hair. What? Oh, stop that. Well, that is weird. No, don't say that. I <laughs> I want him on this podcast on someday. Yeah, that is not one of the news stories. I that, you, That's my journal. God damn it, Andrew. Don't leave it out. You wrote the pass. You wrote the Wi-Fi password in it. All right. Sarah, Wait, what, Noah? Oh. No, no, no. Andrew. I, th- I think Andrew has um, a good story. Okay, let's oh, hear it. Sarah Gilbert, who you know. Mm. 
um, I know from Sarah Roseanne. Gilbert. Yeah, I um, we created a show to. Well, I created a show for her um, production company. Blushes while telling uh, Drew Barrymore that she was her first girl kiss on the set of 1991's Poison Ivy. I loved this. I saw this last night. Have you seen so this Sarah movie? Gilbert is Do you a remember lesbian. this movie? No. But Sarah Gilbert is a lesbian, and I just love the idea of, like, yeah, she had been on Roseanne and probably kissed boys on that show because she was a straight character on that show. But for her to have her first, she said she had her first girl kiss, right? Same-sex yeah. kiss. Was on screen. I, I love those stories. Well, they when practiced in the trailer beforehand. They did? Pretty hot. No way. Yeah. Really? But how old were they then, I wonder, Oh, too. my God. This is so hot. I mean, probably like 16 or 17. That I'm just looking at a, a still from it. It's got to be somewhere in there, like can early I, adolescence. Can I, can I just tell you that if you're probably anywhere between 35 and a 45-year-old man, Poison Ivy Is was a like- seminal. It was a movie that was that and a, a movie called Blown Away with Nicole Eckhart. Okay. Those are two movies that if you're around that age, you definitely masturbated around 11, a, 11 p.m. at So Showtime. you masturbated to uh, D- Darlene's First Kiss? Yeah, <laughs> Darlene is like the least sexy name, by the way, on yep. Earth. Oh <laughs> uh, well, God. But yeah, no. But if you were if you were around that age, those movies and uh, what's the one where they made out in the pool? Wild Things. Wild Things. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I mean, your first kiss was a girl. Uh, yeah, my first kiss was many girls. Like the, I didn't kiss a boy until I, I, my first kiss was Kirsten because I thought I was going to have my first kiss with a boy and I wanted to practice and she was like, uh, she, I was worried I wasn't going to be good. And later that night I thought I was going to kiss Doug Reese and I was nervous and she goes, I'll kiss you and tell you if you're good or not. And so we made out and then, um, Tongue? The, and then I didn't end up, yeah, I didn't end up kissing Doug that night, but then I got drunk for the first time and I wanted to kiss boys so bad, but I was scared of boys and all my girlfriends were like just drunk too. So we just all started making out and it was just, it wasn't like sexy though. We were just like laughing, you know, but it was still, yeah, I made out with a lot of girls before, but I haven't done it since and like not even close to Well, you ki- you did kiss your friend, just a quick peck. Kirsten again. And yeah. I have been writing in my journal, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, um, for me, I love these stories of these first kisses on set or like on camera, like these child stars who had to have their first kisses, like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, their first kiss. Uh, her, that's Ashton was her first kiss. And now he's her husband. It's so sweet. That is kind of sweet. Your yeah. first kiss, uh, not so much your husband. No, my yeah, my first kiss with a boy, not the best experience. My I've, first kiss, fourth grade, kissed a sixth grader. Damn. And uh, I, I was on the bus, and we were in the back of the bus. Everyone was watching. It was like an event. Yeah. And because uh, I was so small. It was the big event. And she was like the hottest sixth grader. Like, yes. she was fucking dope. And uh, I fucking went in. I didn't turn my head, and I s- drilled noses. Oh my god! And it was so embarrassing. Did everyone everyone laugh? was laughing at me, like he didn't turn his head. What a fucking dumb. You just oh, so like instead of tilting your head to like make out and make yeah. room for both noses, you just like went nose in. to nose. Oh my it, god! And I mean, it's the story of my sex life ever since then. I mean, that started it. It started me down a horrible. Where you get you get spot. to like, and you do pretty good. Like I feel like you, I've seen you with women, and like you tend to get the sixth grade, the hottest sixth grade girl, like over and over. 
in, no matter in an how adult old I term. Get you. Yeah, they always say in sixth grade. But like that, that the girls you that slide into your DMs and the girls that you I've seen you get close to getting are like you're still. It's it's of that caliber of like you're the fourth grade guy who's like the underdog, but like for some reason they really like you and they're like the hot girl in sixth grade. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll, yeah, I'll be. That's, hey, look, that's you, man. I love an underdog. I love being the underdog. Yeah. Keep me under there, dog. You know. Yeah. That's what I say. Well, okay. You're not. Yeah, you're. Christy you're not going to be on top anytime soon. Chrissy Teigen quit Twitter oh because my God, of negativity and leaves behind 13 million followers. I mean, she'll be back, right? You can recover that stuff. Noah, do you think you can recover? I, I don't know the, the laws, but that seems like a rash decision. And I think she did it over the fact that people were giving her shit for selling something. Um, yeah, with Chris uh, Jenner. Yeah, Chris Jenner. She partnered with Chris Jenner to to promote something, and people were so furious about it that she couldn't deal with the trolls anymore, and just was like, "I'm gone." It's so weird how people turn on you, or like how bad. Like, I think it's a great. Um, it's an interesting to beginning to like. I it, it got me thinking last night. Like, what if people start dropping off the social media? What if we go back to not having? access to people's daily life and like what they're doing all the time. Like what if we get, what if people start like, what if those things go away? Like how cool would that be? But I, I just, would kind of love it, it. You can go away when you're on top. Like she has I don't probably want to see people's Twitter or Instagram. I will. I, it ruins people for me. Oh yes. Like if you it, have a crush and then you see someone. It's not even like a crush they're, they're like friends too, like where you like get to know someone in, in life and then you see their social media and you just are like, Oh God, you're like not as cool as I want you to be. Or like, you're trying to be too cool. And there's you don't- just like too much, there's too much room for error. And I put myself into that category too. There are times that I put out things that I'm sure guys have been like, Ugh, or like girlfriends of mine've been like, Nikki, this isn't a good look. And it just, it's just a vulnerable space where you sometimes can put out something and make a rash decision and tweet something or, you know, put something on your story. That's just a, an ugly side of you that is so easy to come out because you have this outlet that usually in real life you would have a, um, there's a barrier between you and that knee jerk reaction to put that out there Mm -hmm. for your friends to see that side of you. But it's all it is now is a pull up your story post a picture, click a button, and then it's out there for the next 24 hours. I just feel like Chrissy Teigen, if she has, you know, she's married to John Legend. She's made a shit ton of money on her own. They yeah. probably have $100 million. Like, she doesn't need to be called a dumb cunt every day. Like, she just doesn't need that. Now, some people still need it because they're still bu- building yeah, <laughs> their I money. Mean, like, people yeah. don't reach 13. No, there's, if you haven't noticed, no one's ever rich enough. No one just gets yeah. rich and then stops. None of these people, these people all have enough money to live so well for themselves, well into the future until the end of the world in, like, about eight years. How successful would you have to be to get off social media completely? I mean, I would have to be really like social media for me fills a hole of like not feeling like I'm having enough fun. Like it's fun for me. I still get this enjoyment out of it. So I'd have to have a fulfilling life. Otherwise, it'd have to not be about money. It'd have to be about like I'm around people that 
I am constantly stimulated by and having is giving me that much stimulation because that's what this stuff is. It's just constantly like new things popping up. And it's like, if I'm in a relationship, if I fill my life with enough of those things, which is almost impossible to do. It's like speed date. Like social media is like speed dating in your life. That's like the only thing equivalent to it. It's, it kind of makes you realize why people don't get in committed relationships because in every other aspect of your life, you can get whatever you want, whatever food you want, whatever entertainment you want instantly there is no more committing to literally anything the biggest commitment i have ever made is this podcast i realized the other day i've never had a contract over a year for anything in my life yeah and it's certainly not a relationship is ever contract like until you say oh, i'm gonna get married that's obviously you know being like forever but i and that's what's i'm scared of commitment i realize. but this this podcast i'm not scared yeah i, I was a little bit like starting i was like wait a second this is my life for, that's so long. Like even when I buy a 500 pack of Q-tips, I'm like, this is a little, you're committing to like <laughs> living long enough to use these. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Like I, I, that even, I'm not joking you that, that seems like a joke, but it's not. When I buy that many Q-tips, I just go, what? what you're are you not going to live this long. Yeah. I just like, I'm not going to get through all those. Like that's a waste. It's interesting. Cause like my whole life, I've always like, you know, where I went to college, where, you know, whatever I've done with my, I've never thought it through. You know, yeah. even this podcast, I didn't really think it through. But out of most things, I was like, I did think before I moved to St. Louis to do this, I did at least kind of give it a yeah. little bit of thought. You and don't it's have the like goal, long-term goals? My long-term goal, I guess. I didn't is, ask you what they were. I just asked, do you have them? Yeah. So what's the next news story? I'll tell you. <laughs> Here's a goal of yours realized. Once a week, we're going to have a segment here on the show where Andrew gets to do a little bit of his favorite genre of news, sports news. So here's Andrew's weekly sports moment. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, get me into sports. All right, a 15-seed... During March Madness, for the second time ever, has made the Sweet 16 a team called Oral Roberts, which was also my ex-girlfriend's nickname in college. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought yeah. about one in the shower, Oh, boy. my God. I bet you got so giddy and go, <laughs> and you giggled to yourself while you were in the shower when you thought of it. Did you? I bet you did. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I know you too well. I know you too well. I was holding the shampoo as a mic. Oh, I guarantee you you were. This year, Sweet 16. Okay, let's just get into. Will you tell March me what Madness. 15 seed means, please? I so, understand that's a terminology that I should know, but I don't know it. So, so each bracket, there's four different brackets, one through 16. Got it. A 15 beat a two, which is just unheard of. Right. And then they beat a seven, which is just crazy. So, like, okay, so. Um, so yeah. they're, the, they're in, out of 16 places you could be, they're in 15th place. 15th. They're like in the group of. Colleges that are like the fifth in fifteenth. Yes, they've made the top sixty-four teams, but they're in the bottom of the sixty-four. Got it. Got it. So a fifteen seed out of sixteen seeds. So a bottom, not a good team. One of the like yeah. in the ninety percent, or probably in the ninety percent worst of the batch that yeah. are playing for March Madness, beat someone in the top yes. two or five uh, percent. This will give you an idea 10%. of it. So ESPN does a thing where they where they Whoa, let people Roberts. fill out a bracket. Fourteen million, around like fourteen million brackets were filled out. Not one had has all that. the right teams right now. Well, no, some might have had them. Right, but doesn't but have 
any. So it's art, and that's never. I mean, how beautiful that is in sports. I mean, that is pretty cool because it's like. What's n- going on here? What do they attribute it to? Do they have like a star player? This is, are there what injuries I, on the teams they've played? Good questions. Uh, my thought is okay, also, what's crazy about this March Madden is Duke, which mm-hmm. you've heard of, obviously, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky are not in what? March Madness, which is. Wait, KU? Yeah, what? wild. What? Yeah, you went My there. My alma mater? <laughs> KU, who, like, the only thing that they care about is. They didn't make this. this the no, 64? No, Oral Roberts did, my ex-girlfriend from college. Wait a second. They didn't even make it in the 64 teams? Yeah. But KU is a, uh, and Duke, they are. Yeah, What's going on? So I think is it because of COVID? Yeah, they all got COVID. No, but. No, really- no, 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 no. I, that's actually a good question. They might have not have practiced as much. And if you can't practice as much. Okay, so what Duke, North Carolina, it's all, it's called one and done. So a lot of these kids, they'll go to college for one year, yeah. just a freshman year, and go to the pros. So then you're getting new yeah, kids every, every and you got to refill it. And they got to be so good that they could be juniors and seniors, which have been practicing together for three or four years. Right. So now you're having, uh, you know, Duke and those guys having I mean, one. When was the last time Duke, KU, and, and, and North mean, Carolina were not in the sweet, in the March Madness? It could All of them together? I mean, I, I, I mean, even individually, like, do those schools sometimes go in and out? I mean, I just feel like they're always in the, at least when you're are. making a bracket, like the, the eight, like the bottom eight. I don't know. It's what, wild. It's wild. The view, and I eight. thought the viewership would go Nice-based. down. Uh huh. But it's actually it's doing well. Um, well, now it's going to be great because of this Oral Roberts and this is this a dentistry school. Yes, it's a de- I'm serious. <laughs> no, like, what? Where is it? Where's Oral? No, I don't know. It's I think it's somewhere down below. If you know what I mean. Where is it? No, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, uh, can't, I can't believe this is your news segment and you have such I just gave little so information. Much knowledge, but you don't know where Oral Roberts is. I can't believe how much you know about sports, Nikki. This is. Blowing my mind. Well, I went to KU, so I do know that March Madness. I'm very familiar, and I do enjoy March Madness and and like you know making bracket. I love a good bracket. Uh, I love a good Taylor Swift song bracket. And um, <laughs> and in my in my bra- song bracket, I will say that there was an Oral Roberts for me, which was a song that not many people like. Which uh, which song do I love that people don't? Oh, 15 for me. A lot of girls uh, that also love Taylor Swift were like, "Wow, 15 beat out." style and for me style is a unc and i don't give a style is never style has been my oral roberts for all along and so 15 ended up winning my bracket and uh it was like oral roberts taking home the final uh you know the march madness trophy the okay i gotta go back on something i apologize you gotta go back on something okay um kansas still is in the tournament okay guys kansas did reach the top 64 we had a recount yeah we had they actually beat the Eastern Washington Eagles 93 to 84 in their most recent game. God damn it. I really, and I, I really just hijacked your new segment. Okay. It's, is there anything you want to add? <laughs> I'm just sad that I ruined my shot at the sports thing, the Kansas thing, but they're out of it, I believe. But okay. we could, you can figure it out. Thanks. Now. But other than I that, I mean, I feel like I had more information <laughs> in this segment. I, re- I really just based off of you Googling and not being able to read fast enough and I can read your screen. Um, uh, well, we got to move on, Andrew. Okay, God. But you'll have a chance next week All to right. redeem yourself and really come in with a lot of sports knowledge. And, and next week, can I can I challenge you as as a coach? I want to challenge you. You look in the mirror and you talk to yourself before you give that sports segment, and you you deliver it in a way that will educate me, so I don't have to have too many follow up questions, and also in a way that will interest me and also fulfill sports fans who might be listening's uh, 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 desires for sports news. Yeah, Kansas is still in it. 
All right. So our next segment <laughs> is a going to be one that we will obviously ask for submissions from our listeners. This is uh, a little thing we like to call the blankest thing you've ever done. And every month we're going to pick a new blank and you're, we're going to present ours and then we're going to ask for submissions from you guys to send in your blankest thing and you're going to try to top ours and we'll read it on the show. And if you can top the, the, the thing that we, the, the blankest thing we've done, um, we'll crown a winner at the end of the month and we'll, we'll switch it up every month or so. So for this month, um, and we'll do this once a week, my blank for this month, it's going to be the grossest thing you've ever done. So this is the grossest thing you've ever done. We're going to present ours now, and then we will ask you to submit your own. At uh, If you think they can beat ours out, we're going to do a March Madness of grossest things you've ever done. Every month, the, the category will change. This month, the grossest thing you've ever done. Um, and you can send those submissions to the Nikki Glazer Podcast at gmail.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Andrew, do you want to kick us off the grossest thing you've ever done? You know I've done a lot of gross things. I mean, we came up with this segment a while ago because we just couldn't stop sharing gross things. And we were going to make it only about gross things, and that would be like the whole show. And I go, we got to add other things <laughs> in, not just gross things, because I don't think... I think yeah, we'll do people, disgusting it'll turn next people month. off. Yeah, we just can yeah. share one at a time. You yeah, know? yeah, it's a little, it's a lot. We're gross. Okay, um, you know this story. I think I had to go with it because I can't think of anything grosser. I know a few stories are probably going on in your mind, but I'm just going to tell you. Okay. I'm 11 years old. We all know this story. I, I, I don't by know. By we, one. just me and you. Um, I walked into my parents' bathroom. I came across an object. I didn't know what it was. It seemed foreign. It seemed alien like. There was hair on it. I don't know where the hair came from. And there was a How hole much hair? In it. There was enough hair. It looked like an, uh, an 80s hair band got a little no, bit of a No, was it like hair? Like hair was like it fell on the floor at a salon or hair like it was actually implanted in implanted it? Implanted hair. Okay. And. There was a hole in it. I didn't really know exactly was what it, like it was. Was it like a gooey thing? Like, what did it, it look like? It was gooey. It was, uh, it kind of um, looked like, uh, if like you know, when they, you make pottery and it falls apart. Okay, like a smushed clay kind of yes. pot. Okay. Smushed soft clay. And turns out it was a pocket pussy. I didn't know if it was my dad or my mom's or the dog. Let's stop making jokes and just tell it like it's real. Because I know yeah. this is a this is a bit you do. So I'm trying to. I I'm don't want you to get into bit like territory. Bit. I know I'm trying you not haven't to do it like a bit. I haven't done yet. one joke from I know, my act. I know, but I'm just. I want you to not tell this as like. But I'm telling it. But I'm. Wondering, I'm setting it up. Okay. Okay. So it turns out you realize okay, later I on. Okay, I fucked my dad's pocket pussy. You realize like. <laughs> You realize later on in life it was a pocket pussy, but at the time you're 11, you didn't know what that was. No, I had an idea. I didn't inkling that it was a, a, Why? a pussy because I don't know. I, maybe I came across one in a magazine or something at some so time. So you knew what it was. You weren't like, what's this? You knew what it was. I kind of knew what it was. I really didn't know. But I've never heard of a pocket pussy at your penis in it? If there's a hole, your dick's going in it. When you're 11, really? I mean, sure. and But I couldn't fill it up. My cock really wasn't big enough yet. And I didn't come, but it was wet and it was disgusting. And um, that means my dad probably just used it with lotion or maybe it was his leftover um, I mean, this is just... I, I want to apologize. Yeah. This isn't like the grossest thing Andrew's done. Like The grossest thing is that Andrew is telling the story. <laughs> what do you want from me? The grossest me? thing is that you didn't keep this to yourself. I'm That's so funny. <laughs> First of all... 
I'm sharing with you guys, and you guys seem to be making fun of a traumatic Dude, he tells experience. story on stage, at, like, uh, it's his closer, because it is true, and it's insane, and it's so funny that he admits, this is why I love Andrew, is that he doesn't keep these things in, and, like, and why should he? We, this is so funny. It's so funny that he was an 11-year-old kid who found his father's pocket pussy, which is a, you know, self-masturbatory tool, and he used it, and it was a, and it was used, you know, like everything about it's gross. So he always closes on this joke, and the groan from the audience is how I determine whether or not I'm going to like them, because if they, when they go, <laughs> oh, like I can just tell they're very empathetic and like emotional. And listening. And, and listening, yes. And so I always go out to this like, you kind of leave a weird taste in their mouth and it's a fun, it's a fun atmosphere to walk out into as a crowd. Cause I used to do the same kind of jokes where it was just like, people would go, Oh, <laughs> ew. Like, it, cause it's just a good reaction. Yeah. I love you it. You know, it's like, it's not laughter, but it's just, you just shock them enough. That I think go, it's laughter after the, Oh, <laughs> oh like it was, not yeah, I feel that. Um, Anyhow, but can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. My dad tried to gaslight me years later. He heard that I was talking about it on podcasts and he claimed that he never had a pocket pussy. And then he said, maybe it was, you know, my mom's new boyfriend or whatever. And I go, dad, there's, I remember like three things for sure in my life. And this is up there. I so mean, you remember, sucks. you remember having sex with any pocket pussy, yeah. let alone your own father. So you know yeah that sucks that he couldn't just admit it but maybe he actually doesn't remember if he had one but you remember if you have a pocket pussy or if like, like you just re and then maybe it was his like seventh best one like how you have 19 dildos ago. or whatever yeah yeah maybe but then he then he would know that he had one at least and that you could have found it you know that's true maybe you know maybe he knew it was i'm getting close to my bar mitzvah and or maybe it was like your mom's hair clip or something. Like you don't know. It had hair on it. It was wet. I don't know. It could have been like a, a new loofah your mom had. That's true. You know, like it, it maybe could have been. You could have misinterpreted it with your eleven-year-old brain. But okay, it wrote, the grossest it had thing pocket I ever did. Written on it. Yeah. What was the grossest thing you ever wrote, did? Um. Okay. So I know you know a bunch of gross things that involve feces and like you know just like bodily fluids and stuff. But this to me is is a story that signifies how like germy I am and like how I don't like care about that. That most people would just be like, how could you do that? So I once. I was in a really bad place in my life. I was living in New York, just moved there, living in a disgusting apartment with a girl who was like uh, really like a recluse hoarder and the place was already dark. It was just so gross. My room was disgusting. I was bulimic. I was smoking pot all the time. I was drinking a lot. I was just in, I was just gross. I was in a bad place and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I took out my contacts one night and I didn't even cover the little, holes that you put the case i didn't even close the case which i still don't do that a lot of times like i don't cover the case which is gross already but i didn't cover the case i took out my contacts put them in the thing i probably put water in them because i was always out of contact solution just like so just gross not washing them not they were probably had been in my eyes for over a month i took them out though at night i was taking care of myself in that way don't sleep in your contacts it can cause you to get tumors it's awful um so i took them out the next day I was taking nail polish off. And so I was using nail polish remover and I left the cap off of that also on my desk just because I'm just sloppy and messy. Later on, I was grabbing something and I knocked over the nail polish remover, but it was on a shitty desk that I got at Ikea that I didn't care about. And so I was just like, oh, fuck, I spilled it and I didn't care. Later on, I put in my contacts and I go about my day. I'm on the train and I'm like, everything looks like 
cloudy. Like, this is so weird. Like, and my eyes were kind of stinging, but they, that happened when you like wear your contacts too much. And I was like, this is so weird. And things sort of look cloudy. It looked like there was like a halal cart haze. You know, when like halal carts like put off a bunch of smoke. Yeah. It looked like that all around the city. And like I was like, vape cloud. it looked like mm-hmm. September 12th, you know, like there's just like dust in the air. And I was like asking people like, and, and trying to smell for smoke. It was so weird. And um, eventually my eyes hurt so much that I took them out, but then the fog didn't go away. Cause I was like, maybe something in my contacts. I took them out. It did not go away. It kept it. I was just like, I cannot see at this point. Then I go, then all of a sudden all of like the, everything comes into place. And I was like, I accidentally spilled nail polish remover acetone into my contact Jesus. lens case. And my, I put in contacts that have acetone in them as the lubricant to put in my eye. And I Googled, Oh, do you know how I realized this? I Googled cloudy vision and it said chemical burn. And I was like, what? I chemically burnt my eyes. My friend Tony Vin was in town at the time visiting from LA and he was taking me out to dinner and I called him like sobbing and I was like, I'm going blind. I just blinded myself because I'm so like gross. I'm just like all my fluids are everywhere and just like, like I almost blinded myself because of how disgusting I am. So although it's not viscerally disgusting, it's just like that to me signifies and was like a real eye opening, eye clouding experience for like can I, can making me to be cleaner. Did you go to your urgent care? Like no, how did you handle healed. it? I cried and I cried and I cried and I was like, I'm just blind. Like it's irreversible. Like I was just reading all this stuff yeah. and I couldn't see Why it getting worse. Why didn't you go to the hospital? Because I was broke and I was drunk and I was just, and I come from a family who goes waited out. And so I never go to the hospital for things unless I'm like actually dying. I'm never preemptively taking care of myself in that way. And I just, eventually it went away. Thank God. But how like, long? It lasted a couple days. It was terrible. Dude, I, I really thought my freaking, life was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like when when we were watching that um movie that the 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 sound of metal. You're like the gorilla glue girl. Yeah, I mean uh, honestly it was like that, but it was just because I was gross. And it felt like god, this is usually I'm I'm like, wow, I don't get colds cuz I'm so gross cuz I'm constantly eating like I'm surprised shit like this doesn't happen to women more. You have to go through so many we were talking about how many steps you have to do. Like you're going to fuck up a step, next thing you know you're blind. Like yes. you have to do so much shit as a woman. And if you mix different serums together that have different you know chemicals they can yeah. counteract with each other and um and burn your face and like i, I you know i've i've gotten laser uh stuff done to my face that's burnt my face and caused me immense pain and suffering i mean it's crazy all right <laughs> let's get into our final thought round out the week god i can't believe this week flew by this week has been one of the best weeks of my life this podcast has been incredible and just oh. working down here it's beautiful out here and uh, God, it's awesome. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. This has been, I am so happy to, I said at the top of the show before you came in, uh, relief pitcher, that uh, <laughs> Call back. I, yeah, I'm just like loving this yeah. show. We we just, every time we get done with it, we're like, that was so fun. Even on t- uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, when I was like so nauseous, so sick during the podcast, it's like I still had the best time. That was such a good show. Perfect. So, uh, really That's grateful. That's the beauty of this show too. Is like our mood might, be, you know, we're always going to try to be funny and everything, but yeah, we're but you're going to get the real, day, so real us. Get, yeah. 
and but some but this will take me out of it and that's why i like i wanted to have this every day in my life because it it's something i'm excited to do so i'm 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 really grateful to everyone who's listened and rated and reviewed oh. we have like five stars we've been charting all over the place thanks to you guys seriously i know that's like such a cliche to th- thing to say like thanks to the fans but i've been reading your comments and your uh, your emails and your dms and and your your posts on your stories and it's just all so nice you took the time out to to write to us and say what it means to you like it really means a lot so thank you and i want to just say because i I talked about it yesterday on the podcast final thought the movie we watched the other night that i did not enjoy (laughs) but it's probably me because it's rated 81 percent on rotten tomatoes um, was Molly's game. Um, it's an Aaron Sorkin uh, uh, script and he directed it. And I love Aaron Sorkin's work. I'm a big fan. And so I was excited well, about this like movie. you talk like an Aaron Sorkin movie. I do. I talk a lot. But this movie was excruciating for me to get through. I want to do Abandon It 10 minutes in and Andrew made us watch the whole thing. And he goes, I want to see how it ends. I go, pull up the synopsis on Wikipedia. Like why waste... Uh, another hour and a half of your life when you could just find out what happens and not have to sit through all of this tedious, uh, superfluous well, dialogue yeah. that I know he's famous for. And but, the editing and was Jessica, like... Jessica Chastain, what's her name? Yeah, what movie was her she good in? Because she's not... was this the whole time and talked like this. And I know that was the directing. Her voice, I couldn't take it anymore by the end of it. And she is gorgeous and such a good actress. But it just was, maybe it was meant to irritate me. And the directing was so crazy that I literally go, and I'm not someone who's like a film, <laughs> like I don't know film, but I knew this was directing was not good. It was, it would, you know what fit. it felt like? It was a script that could have been handled much better because Andrew didn't know that directing like matters. I go, this script, was, I know I go, directing he matters. Goes, he goes, I go, because you said, oh, he did the social network. I go, no, he did not direct. The social oh. network's amazing because it's Aaron Sorkin writing it and David Fincher directing. <laughs> if David Fincher would have directed Molly's Game, it would be an Oscar contender. It was such a good script. But the 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 directing, the shots, the the music, the the mixing, it it seemed like a first time, which he's going to get better. I mean, I'm sure Fincher's first movie was shit too, or like confusing too. Yeah. You don't just hit it out of the ballpark on the first try sports. The, but, uh, the, uh, I feel like Sorkin, how he was editing it and how he, right. It's like, um, you know, like when someone has done way too much cocaine and they come up to you and tell you a story about nothing yeah. and they're so like, yes. and it just jumps from here to there. That's how his edit, like his editing was like, that one scene was like 50 different shots for like a, a four minute scene about poker. Like, I guess you have to try to make poker seem interesting like more. when you know it's fictional. And the, the whole thing that's interesting about poker or sports is that it's like nonfiction. Or and it's but, like anything could happen, but you know that this is scripted. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to make she poker two compelling. Nines with seven queens but it's been it. done before and yeah. it could have been done better. I love Aaron Sorkin again, huge fan. I think he's, I'm just uh, couldn't love his writing more. I'm sure he's going to get better as a director and this was the first attempt and everyone like deserves to be not as great when they start. So like that's fine. I don't know if it's the first attempt but it was his first like non-documentary directing I think that he had done and it just, 
I, I, but reading Rotten Tomatoes, I was infuriated that no one else was felt the same way I did. And I, I thought just, it was just so obvious. We were looking at you. We were laughing so hard <laughs> at how, I mean, it would have been a great mystery science theater for us to watch and make fun of this movie. But do you feel like sometimes they're like. This movie was cursed so much. But your mind. I said cursed like 18 times your, in the last 18 Sometimes minutes. my mind, I, that's the only kind of movie I want is like, it doesn't even have to be good. There's a certain tone to it that's like, it's not too much. There's only like five or six characters. I don't like a movie that talks down to me and makes me feel like people make movies sometimes for really dumb people. And I think we should challenge people. Like I was saying about the inside joke, when I say Delia's, I know that only 30% of people out there are going to get that reference. But I expect the other 70% to know that they're just not in on the joke. Not that it's a bad joke, right? But I feel like a lot of directors and writers make, don't, don't challenge their audience to maybe, hey, that's a reference that I should maybe look into so I can understand that and, and, and appreciate this on a deeper level. Instead, they don't even make the reference. They don't even take the chance to make it more selective. They want to, uh, uh, they want to uh, uh, appeal to such a broad audience that it becomes so stupid, and you are talked to like a kindergartner. And that's when I get, res- that's when I walk out of horrible bosses. Fifteen minutes into it, that's when I walk out of uh, dinner with schmucks f- halfway through because it is a comedy that is written by people who are very intelligent and they are talking down to me and I don't appreciate it. Okay, but on the same go. same token, yeah. If you try to do too many analogies or whatever to something so no, you don't like have to be over the top. I'm not asking you that. to make it so like you know uh, obtuse and. I'm that not saying. I'm just saying no. It can go the other way where it's like I understand. Yeah. It definitely can. But Veep does that very well. They have specific references. You will miss half the jokes, but you they make so many jokes that you don't mind missing half I'm the jokes. I'm with you on that, All sister. Right. Final word, gotta go. Thanks so much for listening this week. We'll see you next week on the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I love you all. I love you all too. Oh, Keep stop. happy out there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.